A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Right, listen up, everybody. We are doing a live podcast show on the 6th of April in London, Leicester Square. Myself and Tommy are going to be waffling in your eyes and ears. Yes, so sign up in the description and we'll maybe see you there on the 6th of April. Yeah! Waffling in your eyes. Keep it in. That's brilliant. It makes sense. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. The P1P, as no one has ever called it. As you might be feeling, seeing, or hearing, the energy is starting to come back. 5 a.m. starts are well and truly out the window for the likes of me. I was going to say and Tommy, but he has a child. So therefore, this is just a normal day for him, really, at getting up so at 5 a.m. I'm always tired. You are always tired, but um, you've got used to it and you still look good doing it as well. Look at that complexion. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, but before we dive into, more specifically, the F1 driver ratings uh, for the Australian Grand Prix, I love how you've kept in this sheet, Saudi that, Arabian yeah. Grand Prix, almost did a Ron Bergen, but didn't. Uh, we're going to do our five-star review which is where one of you sends in a five-star review, tells us why. Bees creative. Bees creative. Is creative. Okay, maybe I'm not recovered from Australia. And this one comes in from <laughs> Tommy H. from the USA. My girlfriend and I are in a long-distance relationship. Are you sure this is right, Tommy? This is the right... Is, 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 <laughs> this the wrong okay. And one of the ways we connect is by watching F1. Okay, cool. I see where this is going. Earlier this week, she mentioned to me that she started listening to P1 because I've talked about how entertaining it is. I've never been happier. The smile still hasn't left my face. Thank you so much for providing something that both of us can share, talk about, and enjoy as we grapple being long distance. If you could give Sarah from Richland a shout-out, it would be our highlight of the season. Well, big shout-out to you, Sarah from Richland. I definitely know where that is. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to another great season of listening to Matt and Tommy. I love how these Post reviews stuff. are getting sort of like paragraphs now. And then we're going to have a, yeah, yeah. a full-blown novel. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's get into our Australian Grand Prix F1 driver rating, shall we? Uh, because let's I think there, th there's some polarizing Ooh. grades that have been locked in from me. So cannot wait for this to yeah, upset This is going to be... It's going to be one of them that I kind of love it and hate it because I think they'll get... No, normally, you just kind of go, well, you had a good race and you had a bad race, and then people wonder why we don't disagree because it's like, well, we're not going to give bad grades. But I think we might maybe disagree with a few things and be a bit of variety here, maybe. Uh, and it's just one of those weird weird races where it is a tale of two halves for a lot of people. So it's very difficult to rate a driver that was absolutely amazing and then ruined it on the final lap when everyone's tyres were cold. Because you're only as good as the last lap uh, in a lot of sure ways. Are. So let's start with Logan Sargent, Logie Bear, uh, as always, uh, for that one person that emailed me in and said uh, that they were offended uh, by us calling him Logie, Logie Bear and didn't find it funny at all. Sorry, but not sorry. We're back. Logie Bear's here. Uh, qualified 18th, 
did not finish. Shocker of a weekend, I would say, for Logan Sargent. And it's a two out of ten for me. He, as much as he had a good start in Bahrain, perhaps a small dose of beginner's luck, uh, if that exists. Um, But since then, didn't have a great Saudi and then had an even worse, I would say, Australia. A track that is quick, it's fast, you would say is probably is less complex, requires slightly less minerals, I would say, than the Saudi walls. So you would maybe expect Logan to have a slightly better race, especially with four DRS zones, the ability to stay within a pack quite easily, as long as you can stay within that one second window of the car ahead. But yet yeah, he just wasn't really anywhere pace-wise and then decided to send Nick DeVries into the shadow realm uh, in the final stage of the restart, um, where... I, I've been seeing a few people going, well, you know, Logan and Nick DeVries, they just got caught up in everything ahead. No, they didn't. Logan <laughs> no, smashed Nick DeVries before he even got into the braking zone. Basically. Well, to be fair, it was after the braking zone because he should have braked a lot earlier. But he, he just smashed him in the background because there was so much carnage going on in front of us. You just, If you actually watch the replay, you just see right at the top Logan yeah. destroying Nick. Yeah, bad times. Uh, I've gone also... For a two out of we ten, we were supposed so to disagree. I know. I'm sure we will later, but this one uh, is a two out of ten. I know we've got a lot of Americans listening, and I'm trying to get back in their good books after saying you would be the biggest flop and the biggest meme on the grid. But I can't really sugarcoat this one because, yeah, he was very poor, um, six tenths off Albon in qualifying. Which I know he's a rookie, but that's a big old gap. Um, and Albon's a good driver, but he's not like Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, Fernando Alonso good, where you kind of go, oh, six tenths as a rookie. That's a big, big old gap. Around a short lap um, as well. A short lap. Um, and this is exactly the kind of race where Williams should be picking up points. The car was good. Only 12 people finished the race. This is prime kind of... Williams points territory and Logan not only was slow but then like you say just yeeted Nick DeVries on the uh on the final thing just to kind of cap off an awful weekend it would be a one out of ten but he gets an extra point because he's a rookie I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that's fair and also didn't get a penalty for that how yeah. on earth is Carlos Sainz getting an immediate five second penalty for something much less severe American bias. This is it. it F1, they're just catering too much to the American audience than Logan Sargent can get away with everything. It just, clearly it's is. FIA incompetency. <laughs> it's the stewards not looking into it. Like it's, it's. Oh, it's how many times have we said that they only care about the front and the yeah. high profile incidents and just forget that is the, that is the most perfect example that that is the case because as soon as someone gets taken out the race for, for P3, they, sorted out within a second and it's now tuesday after the race <laughs> and some people have said as well uh, well you know logan was out of the race so you know what are they going to do but the consequence does not matter because logan no. is out of the race because of that incident does not matter in the eyes of the stewards it's the the incident itself so he should be getting a grid place penalty for the next race if he dnf'd uh, in australia there are still penalties to be had um so yeah uh, very strange that it wasn't even looked at Let's move to Alex Albon now then, shall we? Qualified eighth, did not finish. He didn't. Uh, Alex Albon is also getting a two out of ten for me. Um, Seems strange to give him the same grade. 
uh, as Logan Sargent when Albon was so much quicker. But for me, I have to rate this as almost like a Charles Leclerc at France or a, a huge kind of prof- big profile mistake because this is a Williams track and that was a huge opportunity for points. That was, you know, if they'd have finished fifth or sixth, that's like a race victory for them. And Alex Albon threw that away despite being very quick, but he threw it away and he wasn't even under pressure. It was just an error completely. It's not a wet track or anything like that. I know Albert Park is a tricky circuit, you could argue, and a lot of people did have a few moments. But uh, yeah, big mistake from Alex. So two out of 10. Okay, uh, I'm going to give Alex a three out of 10. Uh, I feel as though if I'm going to take either Alex's performance or Logan's performance, I'm going to take Alex's all day long, um, purely because he had shown incredible pace. He had an amazing qualifying. And I feel like anything less than three is is harsh. But on the flip side of that, the reason why he's getting a three is because he's binned it. He's thrown away an amazing opportunity in that car to score some, am- some really good points. Um, and... I feel as though Alex gets a, a little bit of a free pass at the moment because he's, you know, he is a lovely bloke and I, I really do, I rate both his driving and also him as a person. But I feel like him being a lovely bloke, he escapes a bit of criticism uh, this weekend and not a lot of people will uh, will jump on him at, at the mistake he's made. But it is a big one. At the start of the, the season, Williams looking looking competitive. You don't know whether they'll be able to keep up with some of the, the, the teams around them that are potentially struggling. You've got the likes of McLaren, of course, taking steps forward. And with there being four top teams now, there's all of a sudden not as well, I guess, you know, you've got Mercedes, you've got Red Bull, you've got Ferrari, you've got Aston Martin. That means there's two slots usually on a weekend in ninth and 10th that will you'll get a spot from, uh, um, get points from. And you'd have to imagine McLaren are going to start filling those spaces as well. So then Williams, all of a sudden in a few races time might only be fighting for 12th, 13th, 14th, as much as their car might be all right. That's no points. Yeah, they're going to be kicking themselves that they didn't get any points from that race. Big time. Big time indeed. We now go to Nick DeVries. Qualified 15th, did not finish. We're getting all the DNFs out the way. It's because, yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not done in DNF order. This is just purely the, uh, the lower teams to the top teams. But um, DeVries, I'm giving him a 3 out of 10. Just, he's not having a good start to this year and it's kind of going along i don't want to be like oh i told you so but also i'm absolutely going to say that i predicted this and that his him being put on this pedestal after monza was only ever going to to be a a bit of a backfire in my opinion because that williams worked incredibly well he did a great job but to to judge him on what he would be able to bring as a driver straight away after one performance in in monza um, was maybe a little bit trigger happy from a lot of people, and, and Nick DeVries is clearly showing he is struggling with uh, getting to sp- uh, up to speed in that in that Alpha Tauri, but but also getting anywhere near Yuki Sonoda. Like Sonoda is far outperforming where that car deserves to be by the looks of things, and Nick DeVries is very much performing where it should be, perhaps maybe not even there. So I've not been particularly impressed so far with DeVries, and I'm sure he himself, he's a very mature driver, he'll know that he has to make some some time up somewhere because the gap between him and Sonoda is too big. And if this continues, if we get into halfway through the season and the gap is still the way it is, he's gone. Iwasa's in next year, 100%. Oof, 
yeah, your prediction of him actually losing his seat is looking quite good so far. Obviously, three, three races. races. I'm just saying, by the half, halfway through the season, if the gap is still the same, I wouldn't be surprised if there is mm. some savagery on its way. So I've gone for a four out of ten for Nick DeVries. Um, yeah, it's just a, not a great time. He doesn't get uh, kind of that bad because he didn't crash, I guess, when other people did. But he's just off the pace at the moment and um, struggling a lot. Just doesn't look very good at all. Um, and I know the AlphaTauri isn't a great car, but yeah, he just doesn't look very quick. Um at all, and yes, yeah, four out of ten. We now go to his teammate Yuki Sonoda, who qualified twelfth, finished tenth, and could have very well been fifth, or maybe even fourth. Who knows? Um, Yuki, what did you make of him, Tommy? Uh, Yuki, I've given an eight out of ten. Uh, I think he drove a great race. Finally, got a point. If Sainz hadn't got his penalty, he would have finished eleventh for the f- third race in a row, which would have been absolute pain. Um, and I would have felt even more sorry for him, the fact that, like you said, he was running up in fifth at one point uh, before that kind of red flag moment. Um, but yeah, he's been doing uh, really good this season, uh, kind of stepping up, should have backed him, uh, but I'm very proud of him for his kind of team leader-esque and um, showing that, not not saying, I don't think he's going to be going to Red Bull anytime soon, but if he keeps performing well, I think... You know they might they might go back to doing the thing where they do trust uh, someone from AlphaTauri to jump up to the to the new team eventually. So yeah, Yuki's been driving great, and I'm glad he got some points. A point. Yeah, I think he will have to perform more in the sort of Pierre Gasly stealing all the headlines esque performances like yeah. Gasly did uh, previously at the team. Uh, I've also given him an eight out of ten. I think that it was a really impressive performance. As I mentioned, I think that he's outperforming uh, that Alpha Tauri and where it deserves to be. The fact that he negotiated that restart, even if it didn't actually mean anything in the end, the way he did and got up to P5 shows you know, a, a measured driver because there were drivers all around making mistakes and he managed to capitalize and was obviously very unfortunate for it to to not stand. Uh, and You could tell in driver interviews as well, he wasn't uh, too happy with having only P10, but it's a point and now every single team has scored at least one point in the first three races, which is which is lovely. Lovely stuff. Wholesome. Wholesome stuff. Nico Hulkenberg is next on our list. Qualified 10th, finished the race in 7th. I'm going to give my biggest good surprise uh, a 9 out of 10. I think Nico drove incredibly well over the course of the whole weekend. He trounced his teammate absolutely left him in the dust. And if we think about how much we were lauding Kevin Magnussen last year, it sort of shows just how good of a driver Nico Hulkenberg is. Of course, there was a a mistake or two in there when he was fighting Lando, going onto the, the gravel and so on. But overall, a brilliant weekend. Could have easily been a podium had that uh, had that had standed the final restart. Um, but yeah, fully fully deserves a 9 out of 10 for me. Yeah, I've gone for 9 out of 10 for Hulkenberg as well. This is exactly the kind of performance that I thought he would bring to the table. Uh, and yeah, this was the kind of solid drive to a very good points finish that we expected. Um, and he was also uh, one non-red flag away from getting a podium, which I'm wondering now, 
do we count that as the closest he's ever got to a podium? Because if there wasn't, if Gasly hadn't have yeeted Ocon, there wouldn't have been a red flag. They'd have probably just no, there wouldn't have been a red flag. No. So so Hulkenberg well, would have got you know, a podium because Sainz would have got the penalty. Yeah, there wouldn't have been a red flag. It would only would have been a safety car, wouldn't it? For uh, so he Nick was genuinely one. One Pierre Gasly being a bit more observant away from a podium, which if that's a guy's never going to get a podium, <laughs> if you ever that's heartbreaking, seen it. isn't so it? Close. If he actually yeah, when you measured think it, that it way. as well, he was probably about two hundred meters, three hundred meters away from from a podium. All they had to do was go through sector one. That's all they needed. Oh, that's pain, and he isn't had it? a podium and a trophy in his hands. That is savage, uh, but still a nine out of ten. I'm sure he will treasure that as much as a podium yeah podium nine out of ten in matt p1 tommy's driver ratings i know which one i'd rather yeah matt p1 tommy on socials (laughs) tommy's Tommy's got it uh kevin magnuson qualified 14th didn't finish it is mm, my turn yeah no that's what i was thinking i I absolutely knew (laughs) that we were alternating and uh kevin magnuson again doesn't it (laughs) you go go on Right, Kevin Magnussen, I have gone for a 2 out of 10. Um, Kevin Magnussen was nowhere near his teammate and then binned it in the wall completely like on his own. Uh, Actually, since recording, uh, we didn't mention this in the race review, but uh, Peace actually flew into the crowd and cut someone on the arm. They were very lucky that that didn't cause any more serious injuries and... um, being a kind of, uh, yeah, he, a very Aussie reaction. He was just there <laughs> holding holding the piece of debris, like, well, he got some debris with his arm, like, bleeding. Um, but, yeah, uh, thankfully, no major, uh, no major damage done. But, uh, yeah, Kevin Magnussen was very woeful. So, yeah, three out of ten. Did you two? No, sorry, two out of ten. You good? What's going- I thought I was living in a different realm. Then Kevin I was like, Magnuson. <laughs> "What?" Kevin Magnuson is obviously just the name. Just throws just me gets off. Gets you drunk immediately. Um, <laughs> I've also gone for a two out of ten for K Mag. It just hasn't been good enough. And if he if he can't get anywhere near what Nico Hulkenberg is achieving, then uh, questions are going to start to be to be asked. And I, I genuinely felt as though it was going to be a bit of a ding-dong battle between Hulkenberg and Magnussen over the course of this year. Magnussen, of course, had some great performances last year. So why would you not expect that uh, going into this year as well? So a poor start to the season. I don't imagine it will last forever, but let's see. Uh, Nico's certainly got um, both hands uh, on the I'm number one at Haas if, uh, if this continues we now go to Lance Stroll, qualified sixth, finished fourth. I'm going to give Lance a five out of ten. I don't think it was actually a particularly great performance uh, from Lance. Of course, he he made that huge error as well uh, at the restart, which would have cost him everything. He literally got stuck in the wall. Um, up until that point beforehand, he was. It wasn't that great of a performance. He wasn't again on Alonso's sort of level. I don't think we can continue to say, "Oh, you know, he's still hurting," or his wrists, or you know, we can take that into account. Um, the the five might seem harsh, but that's more about the fact that he's a very lucky boy that he didn't get um, penalised for that huge mistake uh, making the move on signs for P three at the end. Otherwise, it'd probably be a six. Uh, so yeah, five. I have gone for a six out of ten. Um, 
yeah, P4, I think, flatters him from what he actually did in that race from his performance. Aston Martin will take that all day long. P4 seems like a great result. But yeah, Lance just wasn't anywhere near his teammate. And if the race had panned out normally, you'd have probably seen Sainz, Perez maybe, um, yeah, quite a few, uh, Gasly actually, uh, in between Alonso and Stroll. So yeah, Stroll just couldn't couldn't get anywhere um near Alonso was a lot further off and uh yeah six out of ten okay we now go to Fernando Alonso qualified fourth finished third another p3 for Fernando but this time I'm giving him an eight out of ten just because I think p2 might have been available I know the Mercedes looked good but I think Fernando maybe a better qualifying, could have just pipped Hamilton in qualifying uh, and it might be in him in the race. He was quick, consistent and uh, just driving brilliantly. Um, but even me as the Fernando Alonso fanboy has to just take a, a mark off from his usual nine out of 10, just because I think P2 might have been possible uh, in that car if maybe he just qualified a bit better. I agree. I've also gone for an eight out of 10. Uh, I think that he, he left something on the table in qualifying, which eventually uh, scuppered his chances, I think, of beating Hamilton in the race. And of course, if Russell hadn't have DNF'd, Alonso was was most likely going to finish fourth. Uh, apart from that, he was obviously very close to, to Lewis. And I feel as though uh, we were a little bit let down by the prospect of those two fighting. And we thought Fernando was just keeping his tyres in check for the final uh, few stages uh, of of the race, but it, it didn't, it didn't come to fruition, uh, but it's still a, a brilliant drive. Definitely the best driver in, in Aston Martin by, by a, a decent margin. Uh, so yeah, deserves an eight out of 10. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss We now go to Valtteri Bottas, qualified 19th, finished 11th. And you look at that on paper and you go, oh, well, that, that's a, what lovely, a drive. lovely little <laughs> comeback drive from Valtteri. So unlucky to not score points. No, two out of 10. What the hell is this man doing at the moment? He looks fly. Like I've never seen him look so vibrant in all my life. But my God, there is no vibrancy in the way he's driving at the moment. He's getting beaten by Joe quite convincingly. And he just seems to be having these literal Sunday drives at the back of the field. You just go, why is Bottas 
last of the running drivers. What is going on? This man took it to Hamilton at times, especially in qualifying. What is going on? Yeah, appalling from from Valtteri. I've given him a three out of ten uh, just because he managed to keep it out the wall. But, really? but like you say... Valtteri, a man of so many Grand Prix, has won constructors' titles with Mercedes. You are happy in giving him an extra point for, for keeping it out the wall? Well, uh, it's it's awful. Three out of ten is still <laughs> awful. And he drove awful. Um, like you say, uh, 19th to 11th sounds like a good drive. But yeah, qualified second to, yeah, qualified <laughs> second to last, finished second to last. Um, and yeah, just absolutely dreadful. Um, no, I was, I was going to give him a two then. No, I will, I will give him a three just because a lot of people did bin it and he didn't make a mistake. Um, but maybe he was just too driving too slowly to make a mistake because <laughs> he still didn't get any points when half the field uh, yeeted it into the wall. Yep. Very, very true. Uh, well done, Bottas, for finishing the race and being one of the only finishers that didn't score points. Now we go to his teammate, Zhou Guan Yu. Qualified 16th, finished 9th. I'm going to go for a 7 out of 10 for Zhou Guan Yu. Uh, think that he's doing uh, a good job in that Alfa Romeo that looks very bad. Uh, in the last few races, the, the Alfa has not looked very good. Genuinely looks like one of the worst cars on the grid. Um, and I feel like Bottas is just going to live with this tag for the rest of his life of, uh, well, he beat Lewis Hamilton on his day. Um, but that is the, the yardstick that we'll compare him to. And Zhou Guan Yu is still fairly inexperienced. It's only his second year in F1 and, uh, outqualified Bottas and outdrove him as well. Are we saying looking that Zhou Guan Yu is, is the go? It's better now, than Hamilton. Yeah, better yeah than absolutely. Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. Fact. It's a simple comparison to make, <laughs> isn't it, really? Um, yes. Okay, yeah, I've also given him a 7 out of 10. I think that can't give him any more, even though he has scored a couple of points in probably the worst car in the grid. A lot of that is down to good fortune and the fact that both Alpines couldn't finish the race is one example. Of course, Sainz getting the penalty as well, but that's not to take away the fact that he is beating Bottas and he's beaten him in, the, in two of the last three races. And that's not what anyone really expected when that pairing came together if we recall back to when he first got announced and Tommy, you were very vocal on this, that people were basically calling him like a tractor driver and, Oh, you know, he's just this, yeah. this kid from F2 hasn't really proved himself. He's going to be horrendous and he's been anything, but I think he's been very, very promising. Yeah. He's been a solid, like he's not been the most spectacular driver in the world, but he's been, I think a, a solid driver that deserves to be in like a lower midfield car and is holding his own against a driver that a lot of people think um, did well and maybe is underrated. But uh, Bottas certainly can't call it underrated at the moment if he keeps finishing uh, last. <laughs> Sorry, there's a bit of savagery to sprinkle in. That was, that was not sprinkling, mate. That was a whole dollop coming out of the sauce bottle. Uh, we now go to Oscar Piastri. Qualified 16th, finished the race in 8th. A, a, a wow, a wow? No, I was going to say a whopping. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say a whopping four points that he's he scored, but I went with a wow instead. I'm going with a seven out of 10 for Oscar Piastri. He, I don't think he's lighting up the timesheets. He's not lighting up maybe how much potential he has within him right now, but I think he's steadily making progress. He's by no means anywhere as far off Lando as Daniel Ricciardo was. And that's all you can ask for in the first three races uh, of your Formula One career. 
And I think as the the season goes on, Oscar will continue to iron out those mistakes, get more comfortable in the car. And I, and I still believe he is going to be a tenth or two at max behind Lando once he's he's fully up to speed. He's he's shown maybe he needs to up his his racecraft a little bit, but that just comes with confidence. If you look back to when Lando drove in Australia for the first time, he got stuck behind Giovinazzi for I I can't remember how many laps because again he didn't have that confidence to just send it up the inside. But that just that comes with experience. I've been impressed with Oscar. Uh, so yeah, seven. I also go for a seven out of ten. It's just a kind of. I think seven out of 10 is like a, yeah, good, decent, not amazing, um, but also not bad. And I think that describes his drive perfectly. Uh, And he was rewarded by just kind of being all right and decent and uh, avoiding any mistakes. So yeah, I think a seven out of 10 is deserved. Lando Norris, qualified 13th, finished the race in sixth. Lando Norris, I have gone for... A nine out of 10. I think it was back to the old Lando Norris. I think, oh, what did we give him last race? Was it like a two out of 10, I think, uh, I gave him and said that it's probably the worst race of his career. Uh, I think that was one of his better ones and uh, showed exactly why he's highly rated back to his best. And uh, yeah, he looked like he was actually going to uh, potentially even beat Sergio Perez. He stayed ahead of him for a long time in that woeful uh, McLaren, which had no straight line speed at all, uh, and just drove incredibly well. Uh, really solid performance, and then yeah, rewarded um, with a brilliant um, P6, which is a hell of a lot of points. Yeah, very much back to the Lando that we all know and love. Uh, I've also given him a nine out of ten. So so much for us disagreeing on things. Um, he's yeah, much better. Confidence is back up. Saudi was a a blip in his career. Uh, and he's very much now back to, to scoring points in a, in a car that, yeah, how that they were well, both of them, to be fair, how they both made progress in a car that looked like it went slower when it opened DRS is, is quite something to behold. So Lando did a great job. He, he did outclass his teammate, uh, Piastri, but that was, I think, more down to the fact of Oscar not having the confidence to make the moves rather than on genuine pace. Uh, but of course, there was still an advantage there as well. So good job, Lando. Nine out of 10. We now go to Pierre Gasly. Qualified ninth. Did not finish. Oh, now this one's a hard one, isn't it? I'm going with a four out of ten for Pierre Gasly. He drove probably 53 laps up there with the best in his career. He was mixing it with the Ferraris and the Aston Martins and very much in with a shot of a podium. It legitimately, just on pace, obviously utilizing the four DRS zones really well. I think he fell away a little bit towards the end and fell out of DRS, but he was still in the mix and did a, an incredible job in that Alpine. However, we then move to the mistake that he made at the restart. It can't be forgiven. I can't give him any higher than a four out of 10 when he goes off the track his responsibility when rejoining the track is to be aware of your surroundings. The way in which he just then took the racing line, essentially, it was careless. So if, if you're coming on, well, like, of course, where he came back on the track, I, I feel, and I'm not a Formula One driver, but I feel like the common sense is that you don't drift over. You just kind of stick to your line and you're very aware in your mirrors about who yeah. is where. 
He didn't and that you're do that. Going about fifty miles an hour slower than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. He didn't if do that. More. He yeeted his own teammate into non-existence. I'm now thinking four out of ten is too nice, but I'm going to stick with four because those first fifty-three laps were genuinely probably some of the best of his career. So there you go. Uh, Pierre Gasly, I have been harsher and gone for a three out of 10. Uh, This would be a nine out of 10 if we hadn't have had uh, Kevin Magnussen going into war because he was driving superbly, like you said. Um, Brilliant drive. think he would have been worthy of driver of the day, but the mistake at the end has to be punished big in this driver ratings, if not... um, that the stewards certainly didn't punish him in what I think he should have been punished um, with potentially even uh, a ban with all the penalty points, but we'll save that for another day. Um, but Gasly, yeah, uh, really did throw it away at the end with a mistake and made even worse. You know, if he'd have just carried on, um, he's maybe getting a five or six going, oh, well, it's difficult. It was a bit chaotic. A lot of people ran wide at turn one, but the rejoin and then taking out your own teammate when points were on offer in that that race, we've said it so many times about the, the top four, not going to be many points available. And you're taking your own teammate out as well in a race where someone like McLaren are picking up a hell of a lot of points. That's going to be a lot of points for Alpine to recover. It might take them three or four, five races, even if they're, much quicker than McLaren, so uh, yeah, big, big mistake from uh, from Gasly, and uh, yeah, I do think he's very lucky not to pick up some old penalty points as well. It's insane. I think if you're taking anyone else out, there might have had there, there might have been no other way. But it, for whatever reason, inter team crashes just don't seem to get penalised the same way because both of them just go well don't worry it's very much a racing in Ocon should have just oh, disappeared God. it would have been funny though wouldn't it if Ocon had in in the driver uh stewarding just thrown him under the bus for all their bad blood and history and gone nah go on give him a ban <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've been waiting for uh, speaking of Esti Bestie we now move to him Esteban Ocon qualified 11th did not finish due to the reasons we have just mentioned. Yeah, I've gone for a 5 out of 10. He's a very difficult driver to grade, so I've gone right down the middle. Um, wasn't as quick as his teammate. Uh, yeah, slower in, in qualifying, which was um, surprising. And then, uh, yeah, just got taken out, but wasn't really threatening the points or anything anyway. So, yeah, just a 5 out of 10, quite a quiet race for someone that ended up getting yeeted into the wall by his teammate yeah it was a quiet race he was he was unlucky not to make it through to q3 missed out by seven thousandths of a second so i'm not going to hold Oof. it too much against him uh, the fact he didn't make it through uh, to q3 i'm going to give him a six out of ten actually it was a quieter race from sd bestie but realistically he was going to finish the race if it wasn't for his teammate uh, sending him to the shadow realm so i would uh, yeah he, he wasn't on the pace of his teammate but I think it was very marginal. He couldn't make as many positions up uh, through the field either and and didn't seem to make a huge amount of progress. But that being said, he didn't make any catastrophic errors uh, and without that massive crash could have picked up some some solid points. So I feel like he was a little bit unlucky. He was one of the ones that was innocent in the whole grand scheme of the Grand Prix. Uh, So I'm going to give him a six. We now go to Lewis Hamilton. Qualified third, finished the race in second. I have gone 
for a nine out of 10 uh, for Lewis. I feel as though it was a, a really strong performance from him, uh, not only keeping Alonso behind for most of the race, but also the start. I feel as though Max brought it upon himself slightly by breaking so early, but to see Lewis make that kind of move on Max and neither of them turned into each other was, I felt like I was in a different different universe. It was quite joyful to actually watch them go wheel to wheel and not one of them end up upside down, which is amazing to That's see. That's true, actually. Uh, but yeah. Lewis, yeah, pulled a, an amazing move on Max to, to get into second. Couldn't do anything about keeping Max behind, but still had the pace to, to secure second place, had a, a decent enough quali, obviously not as good as Russell, but still solid and is, is a good step forward for Mercedes. Yeah, good drive from uh, from Hamilton, uh, beaten by by Russell in quali and uh, Russell got obviously the better start and then ended up screwed by the strategy. But I can't give him anything less than a nine out of 10 because he was uh, great in the race, held off Alonso with good with good pace and uh ironically for all the kind of um talk of Hamilton absolutely washed at Mercedes and is terrible uh he's he's doing rather well in the championship actually he's got a good good old amount of points and it is sitting uh fairly decently um with a a good amount of points so yeah uh good drive from Hamilton 9 out of 10 I love how good that's all it is. That's all it gets. Good, good, ham- good, good drive, Hamilton. Nine out of ten. I think that deserves a better superlative, Tommy. Come on. Yeah, sorry. A great drive there from Hamilton. Go. And yes, the, his. Uh, yeah, just, just to yeah, cover anyone right. that's like, oh, Muck's fun. You can't. Yeah, that's true. No. Um, Hamilton. Muck's fun. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. His, his move on Max was also great, and I, it didn't actually even occur to me that um, those two went wheel to wheel without what, crashing. So fair play. But yeah, it was a great move because we don't tend to see Hamilton go for the. Uh, the dive bombs much these days and kind of be a bit forceful. I still but absolutely yeah, he, uh, believe it, it was an accidental dive bomb and more of a, an avoiding <laughs> Max's Max rear end because he so did early. break really early, but still it was a great move. Uh, we now go to George Russell who qualified second and did not finish. Yeah. George Russell, uh, nine out of 10, great start, got into the lead, uh, beat Hamilton again, three nil in qualifying. It's very, very impressive. Uh, and um, yeah, shame, shame for him really that he got screwed by the red flag because uh, was looking good. Uh, the fact that the two he had a, Hamilton as a rear gunner potentially as well uh, for Verstappen, never know what might have happened. So yeah, great, great drive from George. I'm going to have to give George a ten out of ten. Straight up fire performance from George. Did incredibly well in qualifying. Outqualified his teammate again. Beat Max off the line on the dirty side of the grid to take the lead, which then set up Hamilton to to get into second as well. He made the strategy call with his team to come in early, which I think again was a great move because he'd I think he'd made up a position or two at the restart after Alex's crash. Uh, so he was maybe fifth at the time. So he was looking in a a very good spot and had already done his pit stop. And as we saw, those hard tyres did go to the end with a bit of management. Uh, So I don't know what more George could have really done. I know he kicked himself a little bit about not getting pole position, but realistically, was that that possible? (laughs) Uh, So 10 out of 10 for me, I I can't give him the same as Lewis. So there you go. Perfect score. Well done, George. (laughs) We now go to Carlos Sainz. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Qualified fifth, finished the race in 12th. I am going to give Carlos a five out of 10. So this, 
again, he had such a good performance, a great, a fantastic performance in the Australian Grand Prix. He was making moves left, right and centre. He looked like a man unleashed in that Ferrari. The reason I've given him a five and slightly better than Gasly is that I feel as though his penalty is slightly more 50-50. It was still his mistake and I can see why he got the penalty but I can also see the reasons why he shouldn't have got a penalty and the fact it should have been very much deemed as a lap one shenanigan kind of incident. Um, and the more and more you watch it back, it was it was just such a light tap. It wasn't like he was going off the track. He was still making the corner. All that good stuff can be seen as as evidence against why the steward shouldn't have given him uh, a, a, fi- um, a five-second penalty. So, yeah, straight down the middle because, unfortunately, it still did ruin his race. No points but I can't also not talk about how good he was. I've gone for a six out of 10. Um, Carlos, I think, was robbed a little bit. Uh, I think his penalty was was harsh. It's really annoying because I think we're, we're looking at like a, if that never happened, looking at a nine out of 10, potentially. He was brilliant. Um, first, uh, first race in this new era, I think, where I'd say he was comfortably better than Charles Leclerc all weekend. Uh, looked really good and like you said put in some great moves his move on Gasly was was brilliant and he just was driving so well which I wonder if that was partly um, why he was so emotional about the fact that he was going to lose that result right at the end Um, and it was a great drive from Carlos until one small mistake which a lot of people made and and locked up Uh, and I think the penalty was harsh to knock him all the way down to 12th but that's racing, and it was a mistake. So six, and the emotion was uh, was was sad to sad to hear. It was really uh, sad on the team radio for Carlos. You could tell how much it really affected him with with the penalty that he was given. Um, but yeah, I think we've I think we've dived through the the incident enough uh, to to, yeah. to wear that out. We now move to Charles Leclerc. We'll get through this one very quickly indeed. Qualified seventh, didn't finish. Tommy. Yeah, I've gone for a three out of ten for Charles Leclerc. Um, Don't care about the reasons. Not a great on. performance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably his worst um, performance pace-wise against uh, Sainz. Didn't look particularly comfortable. It was a racing incident. Uh, I don't think he's completely faultless in it, um, but you ca- I can't really say like it's completely his fault like certain other drivers. So, um, yeah, three out of ten. Not, not good at all from Charles. It's also a three out of ten from me, as much as that hurts me to say. Qualifying wasn't great. He got out-qualified by, by Carlos, which is not something we, we tend to see. He's usually a one-lap monster, uh, but we didn't see that uh, for the Oz GP. And then that the move, as much as, yes, it was a racing incident, neither driver got a penalty. Charles, I feel as though, you know, on the back foot, I'm not convinced how well he drives because I feel as though every time, you know, he has a big crash or whatever, you hear on the team radio how upset he is, how how hard he is on himself. You do wonder that maybe sometimes on the back foot, like he was for this Grand Prix weekend, he puts his car in in positions that there is a risk. Now, of course, there is always a risk in Formula One, but I feel as though the moves that he tried, and even in the, the, the post-race interview that he said, right, he said, I didn't know whether Stroll was going to be in the middle of me and Alonso or tucked in behind Alonso, and therefore I can make the move. He didn't know. So he has, he's rolled the dice slightly to try and make up positions because of a poor qualifying now, sometimes that'll pay off, sometimes that won't. It didn't pay off this weekend. Um, and you wonder whether that is a strategy that he'll he'll sort of fine-tune 
in terms of how many risks he takes uh, later down the line. And perhaps maybe in this Ferrari right now, he feels like he has to make the, the, the risks because the pace is not there. Yeah, uh, I'm sure he'd rather just take risks and try and get some good solid results because the, the pace is looking, yeah, not great, potentially even the fourth quickest team. So I'm sure he'd rather get the odd podium and good result than just finish sixth in the championship because he's been solid. But no more DNFs, please. Thank you very much. My heart can't take it. Sergio Perez, qualified 20th, finished fifth. A gain of 15 positions, and I'm going to give him a six out of 10. Oh my goodness me. Am I horrible? I'm sure you'll let me know. It was an underwhelming performance from Perez in the fastest car on the grid by quite some margin. I know Max was, what, 10 seconds clear and uh, when everything sort of kicked off at the end, wasn't a gargantuan margin, but I guarantee Max is falling asleep at the wheel. He's not pushing to the extent in which... He literally did at one point, went off. Yeah, exactly. He's not pushing to the extent that... You know, he's he's literally ragging the car. We might have seen that had George stayed in the race and and he'd be behind the Mercedes having to catch him with that that extra pit stop he'd need to do. Perez got I mean, he didn't catch up to Norris anywhere nearly quick enough, in my opinion. It's not like Norris was on the back of a DRS train or anything. Norris was sat on his own in a draggy McLaren and, and Perez couldn't make the 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 gap up quick enough to to really uh, make any moves and yes he has had issues this weekend and maybe some of that is still ingrained in his car and perhaps in his head but yeah fifth which should have been seventh if it wasn't for the signs and Gasly problems at the restart which wasn't really where I'd expected him to be. I've gone even harsher and gone for a five out of ten uh, which I'm sure everyone in the comments will call me out for but uh, a bit like Gasly in, I think it was Bahrain, where I said, I don't, I'm not particularly impressed by drives where people don't qualify well and then just get back to where they should be. I'd argue Perez didn't even do that because um, I know you could say the qualifying was um, not his fault because there was a car issue, but I do think there's something to be said about when your car isn't working in FP3 and absolutely sending it on the very first lap of Q1. Um, before you've even got a sight of when his car's comfortably quicker than the whole field. Like, did he really need to go in so hot and maybe try and beat Verstappen or, or something like that? You know, just ease yourself into qualifying. Um, I think it's a, a, a big error to to completely go off and go into the gravel uh, with it with an issue. So um, I do think that's a bit on him as well. And then, yeah, didn't really fly through the field. Like you say, he would have been seventh if it wasn't uh, for some good fortune of uh, the incident. And actually, he went off anyway uh, on that restart before it got sent back. So he would have finished dead last because he was the one that was skating over the grass. So I think he had a really, really messy weekend. And you look at it on face value and go, oh, up 15 positions, but he's in an absolute rocket ship that's miles quicker than any other car and i think savage i'm gonna say it like half the half the grid if not more would have done a better job hold on sky sports <laughs> are gonna be making a headline out of you tommy soon if you're not Bellingham careful thinks, like, i just look, look, he's in the best car by a considerable margin and um yeah should have done should have done better in my opinion p p5 is not anything special in a red bull which should uh, have been regardless of you starting 
20th. Yeah, and should have been P7. So Crazy. Finally, Max Verstappen qualified first, finished first. Yeah, I'm going for a 9 out of 10, which may seem weird when he started first and finished first, but wasn't the perfect weekend. Um, got overtaken by George at the start, had a little moment. Um, you could say that, you know, maybe he's so so comfortable that it doesn't need to kind of push and worry too much, but uh, it wasn't, it's not, it's not a 10 out of 10 completely perfect dominant drive. Um, and I think Max Verstappen might win a lot of races from pole position. So if you're um, uh, going to kind of knock him down uh, for being in a rocket ship Red Bull, uh, yeah, I think nine out of 10, just because it wasn't, it wasn't perfect. I'm going to go one worse. Eight out of 10 for me, for Max. I feel as though it wasn't a bulletproof weekend from him. And he in some ways, put his victory in a small amount of jeopardy by getting passed by not one, but both Mercedes at the beginning. And I would have loved to have seen how that race would have unfolded with Russell having that extra pit, uh, the pit stop already done and dusted. I still think Max could have probably won, but that easy victory, the only way that was going to get put into some kind of question is by being passed by both of the Mercedes. And that's exactly what happened. He was incredibly tentative into turn three, which allowed Hamilton up the inside. And of course, you know, he breezed back past through Hamilton. You can just see the straight line speed, the the triple DRS or something that the Red Bull has uh, on its car. <laughs> um, so yeah, eight out of 10, still a great drive. Eight is still very, very good. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't a Verstappen masterclass that perhaps we we uh, we've come to see uh, and of course the mistake that he made at turn 13 as well that's unheard of from and also from about 10 centimeters from getting a penalty at the end not as even well. 10 centimeters probably two centimeters <laughs> mate. but but that that you know he's clearly done that many many times as well and yeah, he knows yeah. what he's doing he knows how to to really push the rules to the absolute nth degree so yeah eight out of ten for me now before we go we need to crown our p1 driver of the weekend and why mine's george russell because he's 10 out of 10 in my books deserves it i think that he is just staking his claim at this mercedes team and oh did you see as well uh the video of hamilton after he got out the car finished p2 went to go celebrate with his team and they weren't there they were there i saw someone uh reply to that they were just they were it was so busy in the pit lane that they were behind um they were behind a lot of fans and Aston Martin and it's such a small pit lane that they were actually it's weird that they didn't get filtered through though because of course Hamilton thought that they weren't there Hamilton then after the post race interview oh, still didn't it's think got they in his there. head well, no, but even in the post race <laughs> interview he, he said I don't know how the team yeah. feel because they weren't they haven't spoken to any of them or something so yeah wow. yeah i found that a bit weird i just wanted to mention that because yeah, know, yeah. no so. i did see that i did see that um but yeah someone someone uh sent me a picture actually and was like oh uh they were there well, they didn't They're get just there early enough the did they yeah gosh yeah so so they like him but not that much <laughs> this is all jokes we promise uh what's yeah, your p1 uh because we're british by a scum i have gone for lando norris um so yeah george russell and lando norris are p1s uh, i think lando drove a great race uh george would be maybe second uh or even joint hey, first but i'll be different or a p11 no we just do p1 yeah. no no, no, no but yeah points. lando lando yeah exactly lando's uh yeah my my p1 i think as well after coming back from 
Saudi Arabia when he had a really poor performance. It could have quite easily got to him. The McLaren's not very good. He could quite easily have... Uh, Bottas, for example, just kind of in a bit of a lull and just carry it on to the next race. But no, came back fighting and I think he did very well. Lovely stuff. Well, there we have it. It is done, dusted. F1 driver ratings for the OzGP round three in the locker. Put it in your graphs, which I'm sure you will send us some graphs or something. We usually get quite a few people sending yeah, in their graphs and graphs. I'll graphs. update it and we'll do like a mid-season thing as well where we can look Hell at yeah, we'll do a mid-season which drivers tally. we hate. Exactly. Everyone's like, oh, do a running one. No, <laughs> this is what the mid-season review's for, all right? Tommy, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are, I've just seen my lights died, so apologies for that. Uh, no, they were actually thanking the light. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I was going to say. You have such a radiancy about you that you actually light up mm. the room yourself. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for that final thought. The audio listeners will really appreciate that. Uh, and my final <laughs> okay, thought... Okay, I've got one for the audio listeners. Okay. Uh, I updated our predictions from yesterday into a little tally chart that I'm keeping, and we're nine all. Nine all. Damn it. Yeah, I thought same. I had a point. Okay. All right. Well, you best believe some boring predictions are coming for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix if Tommy's is anything <laughs> to go by uh, for this weekend. Uh, my final thought is please enjoy, if you can, the next month. We'll have lots of content coming your way. As much as there is no Formula One racing, we'll be talking lots about what's going on in the world of our beautiful sport. And we will see you very soon for another Twitch stream or whatever. And a live show on Thursday, this Thursday, Ooh. three days from now, Leicester Square Theatre. P1 with Matt and Tommy in Leicester. If you want to come, Pooping still, myself. I think there's like... In Leicester. It's not in Leicester for those who've got Leicester tickets. Square. It's in London. <laughs> Leicester Square, London. Um, but yes, I think there's about 20 tickets left or something. So, yeah. Oh, my days. Cool. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creative Network.